Hey there, everybody. How you doing tonight? At least it's nighttime here in Colorado. I'm not sure where you are, but, and here's my husband, Jeff. Hello, hello. And um, I want to just tell you a couple things. One, this is our home that we're filming in, and we have three dogs, and we have a four-month-old puppy that you can't see who's sitting right here. We're hoping they're gonna behave, but you know, just know this isn't like some professional studio sitting here and all that, but we're um, really excited to sit with you tonight, and I hope that, um, you just open up your heart and your mind to what we're about to share with you. Jeff and I are not theologians. We don't have a PhD in this. We're just like you, trying to dig into this word and discover truths and allow those truths to change us. And I think if there would be one hope that I have is through these different programs like the Bible study we're doing tonight, the different things that Faithful Workouts does, is we want to create in you this desire to know God more and to make him known. And that's really what it comes down mm -hmm. to is I just want you to know him better. Because I feel like the more you know him and the more you trust him, the more you understand his love, the more you're going to have this desire to go and make him known to others. So that's our hope for really today. And um, maybe you know, if you've read it, but it's Romans 6 and Galatians 5. And so Jeff and I have just been sitting now for about an hour, really just talking more and more about this. And we feel like there's so many great little pieces of truth in here. And so before we start, Jeff, would you just pray for everybody before we start? Yeah, you bet. So Lord, um, you know, here's a time for us to um, open up our minds, open up our hearts, to dig into your word and to let truth pour into it and not just for curiosity's sake, but for um, obedience sake um, and for freedom's sake. Yeah, your word is for our good, not for raining on our parade. And so uh, I pray that you would reveal, you'd illuminate, um, that you give Michelle and I the right words and we represent you well. And that uh, when we wrap this up, uh, we're all more free and we're all more like your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks. Um, you know, one of the things that we might be dealing with right now that Jeff and I were talking about is we're using scripture here to guide and help you to see truths. But you might not really believe that this is truth right now. Mm -hmm. And so I would just pray that right now, can you open your mind that what if, what if this really is God's letter to us, God's love letter to us and helping us to learn how to live and that every word in this book is what he wrote through a human hand but he wrote it and it's what he wants us to know because he loves us all right and so let's dive in now to romans and here's what um jeff and i were talking about when you're looking at romans actually in romans 6 the very last verse verse 23 is part of something called the romans road and we said, well, you know, let's start out, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Romans Road, but it's this cool thing, using these different verses in Romans to help you understand really this process of what does it mean to be saved? What is that good news or the gospel message? And, you know, we're just gonna use scripture here because it really does, it will, these will walk you through the process because we, we believe that in order for this conversation to really make sense, we have to be kind of on the same playing field when it comes to what does it take to be saved or to go to heaven and all that, okay? So listen to this. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. Can we get an, like an amen? We've all sinned, right? Jesus was the only one. So that's a given. We all have sinned, and that one sin separates us from a perfect God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin are the penalty of our sin. When Adam did that first sin, that's when death kind of came into the picture there. So the, the penalty of sin is death, but God's good news and plan was that he had a gift for us so that we could have eternal life and avoid that death and live forever in heaven, and that was Jesus. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it's just a reiteration saying, you know, this was his plan from the very beginning. While we were still sinners, which we all are, he had Christ come and he died for us. Romans 10, 9, now it's talking about specifically, what does it take then? If this is God's plan, what does it take then for us to be saved? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. That's it, okay? And I'm gonna back that up with a couple other things here. Uh, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you hearing this? You call on his name. You believe in what he did on the cross. You will be saved. It's not adding anything else to that right now. Um, and then just... Once you understand that, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, or so it says we, will, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. Now, that's Romans 5. When I, if you, by chance, we're at the last Bible study I did. Here's kind of the benefit almost of when we have faith. We now have peace or relationship with God. We can go to him at any time. And that goes on to say in Romans 8, 38, nothing can separate us from that. Nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing. Okay, so this is what we wanted to start with. Mm -hmm. Plan from the very beginning, we're all going to sin. The only way that we have to have a penalty, because God is a just God, there's a penalty for sin and it's death. But if we want to avoid that, Jesus took the penalty for us. And when we believe in that, we're saved. When we're saved, we can go to God. We have a peace with our relationship now because of what Jesus did. And nothing can take that away from us. All right, so we're going to... And then there's another step. Once you have peace with God... Like you're no longer contrary to him. Christ has bonded you back once you have peace with him. Then you have the peace of God mm -hmm. that comes next. And that's what so many people want. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like the deepest desire of people's heart. I just want peace. Mm -hmm. I want freedom. I want joy. Well, this is the pathway. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to now just start really diving into specifically Romans 6. Yeah. Talking about sin. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so, so you think, well, okay, so if I have, if I'm sinning, um, but, but by believing in Christ, I no longer have the penalty, why don't I just keep having fun and keep sinning, right? Yeah. I mean, some, yeah. some people's minds would go to that. Of course. Well, this is exactly what Paul talks about. Paul kind of, he knows the human heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so he says in Romans 6 and verse 1 and 2, he says, well, then... Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? It's like, of course not, is what he says in verse 2. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And so the, the whole point is, why, it's like, sure, if we keep sinning, why would we want to, um, 
you know, why would we want to stop sinning when we got this free hall pass, right? Mm -hmm. And it's because what he's saying is when Christ died for our sake, we're also going to die believing him. We're going we're gonna to crucify our old self, mm -hmm. and we're going to start to move from living in sin towards living to some in a different way. And so let's define terms, kind of like you yeah. define salvation mm -hmm. through the Romans road. What's the definition of sin? A lot of people think, oh, you're a sinner and it's naughty. And, and there is an element of that. But really what sin is, it's an old English archery term, you know, with arrows. It means to miss the mark. And so a sin isn't just naughty. A sin is any thought, behavior, or action that causes us to miss out on the best that God has for us. And so when we sin, God isn't necessarily mad at us. He's sad for us. He's laid out this love letter, as Michelle said, this love letter that says, guys, live this way, not that way. And it, you're missing the mark on what I've got for you. And by a, a new way of believing in my son and a new way of behaving in the practical parts of your life, now you're going to have freedom. Freedom at two levels. Mm -hmm. Freedom in eternity, but also your life is going to be better now. You're going to have joy and peace and love. Yeah. And I think what's so important to understand about that is like, you know, Jeff is saying, God is sad because he loves us. Like as yes. a parent, you know, when you're thinking about, you put these rules in place for your kid and it's because... I love you. I want you to live fully. I want the best for you. And that's just the straight up truth, guys. God, these rules and these things that he talks about, it's because he loves us. Yeah. And so so Paul goes on to say, again, he asks sort of the same question again. Well, shouldn't we keep sinning in verse 14, 15? And he says, of course not again. This I'm reading the New Living Translation version. And he says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? So this is really important. You think about, we used to think and, and act in a way that's missing the mark. Well, what happens is we get into ruts around behaving and believing in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so if we continue to live by a certain way of thinking and living, it, we actually become a slave to it. Like we can't think of something else on how to live. And so what Christ is saying is, try living this way. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually what he says is, you'll become a slave to righteousness, like a good way of living. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it's like working out, if you wanna use a faithful workout analogy. It's like you think that eating Twinkies and, and not working out and just resting is good. But then all of a sudden you eat like an awesome Honeycrisp apple and you get in the rhythm of working out. All of a sudden you realize, man, I feel really good. I'm now a slave. I want this mm -hmm. way more than I want that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so true. It's like you think that the sinful life is like the so that's the what that's gonna be more fun and better and all that. Yeah. Until you start to change the way you're living and you start choosing to avoid it, you don't really want that old way anymore. Yeah. And so it's not like, it's not like, um, you have to live this way. It's like, no, trust me, it's better to live this way. Yeah. And what, what's, what's happening through this process of trusting that Christ 
is going to bridge the gap between our sinful selves and the perfect God. What's going to happen over time is not only are you free from the penalty of sin, but over time, as you live in this new way, you are free from the compulsion mm -hmm. to sin. Yeah, so it's the chapter in my, in my Bible, Romans 6, it calls it freedom from sin. Like, yeah. how do you get, and what does it mean? Well, one, there's the penalty of sin, which is death, right? We're so you're free, free from, from that. that. And then you're free from really the compulsion you were saying or yeah. that desire. Desire. It just starts to go away. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't want the Twinkie anymore. I just use that metaphorically. But yeah. I don't want lust. I don't want anger. I don't want worry. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want this. I want trust. I want freedom. Mm -hmm. I want love. I want to love people and be in loving relationships. And you realize, I, I know that's where I'm, I'm gravitating to this. And I'm free from the desire to do that old stuff. It's like what Paul says elsewhere. He says, I just take all the stuff from my old life and yeah. I just throw it at the foot of the cross. It's all garbage. Yeah. I don't want that anymore. anymore. Yeah. It's no longer yeah. appealing. Yeah, and, and you know, part of this process, guys, and we've talked about it, it's like you have to understand that God's coming from a point of love, yeah. right? You have to also learn to trust Him. And because this is how we start to actually then step in into this new way of living is we know He loves us, we trust Him. He's given us an instruction book on how to live. So I'm going to start living that way. But here's the thing. We're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's not like we're like, okay, I am now a believer and I believe in Jesus and I'm never going to sin again. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Or on other people. Look at those Christians. Why yeah. would I be a Christian? They still sin. They're trying. Yeah. Give, cut them some slack. I so agree with that. Yeah. Because yeah. people, People talk about Christians are hypocrites. I'm like, well, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. I say that I want to follow Jesus and I want to live like him, but then I mess up. And, you know, really at the end of Romans 6, the next one's Romans 7. And Romans 7 goes a lot more into Paul being very open and vulnerable about his challenge with sin. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was such a strong man of faith, but he still was struggling with it. Yeah, he says, the stuff I want to do, I don't do. And the stuff I don't want to do, I do. He's like, we know this. It's like, I want to act right. I want to eat right. I want to, but I, I still slip back. And what's interesting is that um, he, he says in that, what a wretched man I am. And then he says, who will save me? He doesn't yeah. say, what strategy should I, what plan should I put together? It's like, yeah. no, go back to Christ. Trust Christ, believe in Him, follow Him, do your best. You do your part, the Holy Spirit will do His part, mm -hmm. and together you'll start to, to live more freely, separated yeah. from sin. Yeah, if you've been like around for the workouts lately or heard me talking, I have this verse that I'm telling you I think about almost every day, mm -hmm. and it's, it's Colossians 1.29, so it has to do with what Jeff just said there. Paul um, says, and Paul is the one who wrote Romans, and he's written a lot of the New Galatians. Testament, Galatians, uh, Colossians. He says this, I work very hard at this as I re rely on Christ's mighty power that lives within me. So what Jeff is just saying, they're like, we have a role to play. we got to do our due diligence. We have to, you know, work at this, but we mm -hmm. have to rely on the power of Christ that lives within us. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up one last thing from Romans 6 because it's a verse that I put to memory long, long ago. And sometimes I think like, you know, 
how do I tie this in also to our physical health? That's just how I think. Like, mm -hmm. okay, spiritual health, I am super passionate about, but I also want you to think about your physical health. And there's um, Romans 6, 13 says, we are to use our whole body as a tool for the glory of God. We are to use our whole body as a tool to do what is right mm -hmm. for the glory of God. That's Romans 6, 13. So let's just think about that now as we're talking about mm -hmm. sin. I mean, gluttony, it's a sin, right? And if we start to think, you know what, this body, I want to use it as a tool that to do what is right for the glory of God. That helps us to then break take free. Care of it. Yeah, <laughs> take free from that when we start to say, you know, take scripture. You know, um, whatever you eat or drink, do it for the glory of God. Scripture can help you with making healthier decisions. Yeah. It really Motivate can. Motivate you. Yeah. And guide you. Yeah. So let me know if you're um, near your computer or your phone or whatever and you have a question for us about Romans 6, something that we didn't address. I'm here and I'm going to pop up on Facebook every once in a while so I can kind of engage with you and see. Maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's like, whoa, this is so cool. This was my takeaway. Because if you write down your takeaway um, in the comments, it might just be something that also tugs on somebody else's heart and they see, oh, that's true. Yeah, I get that, mm -hmm. you know? So go ahead and comment in here and everything um, because, you know, we're gonna move on to Galatians 5. Yeah, Let me just take it. a quick peek into here and just see if anybody has any questions. And um, I also wanna set up Galatians 5 so you understand what's going on in yeah. the book of Galatians. Mm -hmm. um, Galatians, it's a, it's a church called the Church in Galatia, and he's writing a letter to them. So Galatians is a letter to this church. And what's been going on in this church is that they are hearing, the, the Jews are hearing the, the truth of what it takes to be saved and what Jesus did on the cross, but they're struggling to let go of their Jewish customs. Which is all about performance and 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 the, the way I get saved is by perfect behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point why Jesus came. You know, there used to be, I think, 615 Judaic laws. There were 10 Mosaic laws. So you have to get 615 out of 615 or you're going to hell. Yeah. And, and, and the whole Old Testament is proving that you can't do that. Exactly. And so if you come up short, Jesus bridges the gap. Well, what happens is these Jews who have converted to following Christ that live in Galatia, they're starting to backslide into performance mode. And again, like we were saying before, we got to do our part, but we got to trust God. What they were doing is stopping trusting God, and they were kicking more into this performance mode of now you got to get circumcised, you got to do this, you got to do that. And that's where Paul writes the letter and say, okay, you guys are starting to wander from the true gospel. Yeah, and I am crazy passionate about Galatians 5, I have to say, because um, we're talking about, you know, he's, he's talking to these people who are believing in the Jewish customs, but I mean, come on, how many current day people will say, you're not saved because you didn't do this. Yeah. You didn't go to church every Sunday. You didn't follow these rituals. You didn't do this. And so it starts to put this pressure on us as to, am I saved? Am I not saved? And I remember listening to a sermon by Francis Chan once, and I like wanted to like jump into the like where he was speaking, be like, I get you, because <laughs> he was saying the last thing I want is for one of you to be sitting here, stressed out, worried that you're not saved when you really are. But he says, on the other hand, I don't want any of you just thinking because you walk into this building on Sunday and you sit in that pew 
that you're safe because you're not. It's, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, this is a big thing about Galatians 5. It's, you know, he gets so feisty, Paul does, and I love mm -hmm. that. I mean, he's like, who is it? Who is in here telling you that you can, you need this? You need to get circumcised and this. Anybody, he says, who adds anything onto this message, this good news gospel message that I'm saying, which is to believe in what Jesus did on the cross, to try to turn away from your sins. If anybody adds anything to this, yeah. it's no longer the good news. But it's such human nature. It's like, mm -hmm. it can't be that easy. Yeah. There's God, it, 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 all I have to do is believe. And it's like, yeah. yeah. That All you have to do is believe and then you get the forgiveness. But what happens is out of the gratitude of that forgiveness, now your behavior starts to change. So good behavior is a result of grace. It's not what earns you grace. And yeah. just getting that order correct and realizing it's this, I mean, you just got to deal with the, with the semi-duality. It's like, I trust and I believe, but I also will follow with different behaviors. Mm -hmm. But it's not the behaviors that are getting me in the first place. The behaviors are actually helping me live a more free life now. It's the yeah. belief that gets me freedom after my soul dies and goes either to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you hear this, guys, because this is huge. This is not sometimes what we're hearing in churches or in conversations and all that. Our actions are a result of our faith. When we grasp the love, when we grasp the plan, when we understand and we trust him, we start to change. But the only thing he really says in here that is important, he says, is what is important is faith expressing itself in love. What, what verse are you And with? this is now on verse, um, in Galatians 5, verse 6. Yeah. It says, this is a sign, this truly is one of the signs that it is going to show up when we believe, is yeah. we're going to start to love people. Mm -hmm. And he goes on also, um, let's see, here in verse 14. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? So guys, if you believe in what Jesus did, the action that is the biggest sign of it is that you're just loving people. You're not judging them anymore. You're not like sharing the, this message with them because you think you're better than them or you want to win, win over. You just like straight out love them. And when you believe that this is their answer, it's just from love. Right? Yeah, but then there's this other sort of slippery slope that some people will say, well, why do I need Jesus? I'll just be a loving guy. I'm a good guy. I'm going to go to heaven. It's like, you're a good guy, but you're not a perfect guy. Yeah. And God is perfect, and he can't coexist with imperfection. So even if you're 99% loving, if you don't trust that God's going to take the heat for your 1% falter, mm -hmm. you lose. Tell them about, remember um, some people that you know, they were on a plane? Yeah, yeah, so this tell is the, how... Wait, this, tell that story, because that's it's such a great It's a great story. Visual. It's how Bob Buford led Ken Blanchard to Christ. He said, because Ken said, what is this whole thing about I'm a sinner and all this stuff? And Bob said, look at it this way. He said, you know, think about the axe murder, okay? This guy's like 5% good, 90%, 5% horrible. Mm -hmm. Jesus is, if this guy turns his heart towards Christ, Jesus is going to bridge that 95% gap. Then you look at 
Mother Teresa, you know, she's a pretty good gal, is what, is what Ken would say. Yeah. And, and so she's maybe 97% perfect. Well, Jesus bridges that 3%. Yeah. And then he looked at Ken and he said, Ken, you're a good guy. You're probably 75% perfect. And he says, you get the same ticket to heaven as Mother Teresa and the axe murder. That's the beauty of Christ. Isn't that a cool way to look at it? I love that. Yeah. And, you know, so we're all missing the mark. We're all falling short, maybe at different degrees. Yeah, but it not always intentionally. Yeah. Sometimes intentionally. We're about, we're about to talk about that. Yeah. But sometimes we just don't know. We just don't know that there's a better way to live. And he says that back in Romans 6, is, mm -hmm. is you've now committed your heart to a new teaching. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, I had, I had no idea there was a different way to do it. Yeah. And so he says, be a slave to the new teaching, not to your old way. But yeah. yeah, let's talk about the people that do start to truly turn their back. Yeah. Well, you know, right before we turn into that part, there's a section, and it's um, if you've read the Bible, you've been around church for a while, you've heard of something probably called the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. But I think in that, that's in verses 22 and 23 of Galatians 5. But before that, there's a section, and I want to say it's like verses 15 through 18 or 20 something like that and it's really cool because this ties directly into what we were talking about in Romans 6 that turning away from sin is a process it's not an overnight thing sometimes our life can look very different when we believe at conversion we're all of a sudden a different person but for most of us it's a process and in these verses it starts to talk about how does this process happen and so what the, the words are telling us is that Inside of us, when we believe in Jesus, we have the Spirit. God's Spirit lives in us. But in reality, we still have our sinful nature. Adam gave us sin. He brought sin into the world. So we have a sinful nature trying to grab our attention, but we also have the voice of truth of the Spirit. And he says that there's always going to be a battle going on. Until heaven, we are still going to struggle with what voice we're going to choose to listen to. That sinful nature, it's the world, it's Satan, it's our own self. And we can choose to listen to that voice or we can tune in to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is guiding us in righteousness, guiding us to help us turn away from sin. So that's a really cool thing to know, guys. Yeah, this is a battle zone. Yeah. And then, yeah, talk about what, what happens when we listen to the sinful nature. Well, so yeah, so it's this constant battle of trying to discern right from wrong. Is this God or is this Satan? Is, you know, letting the Spirit guide you. But then there are some people who just kind of give up. And this is in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So you think about this. It's, it's like the stuff that he's about to describe. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, well, the penalty after your body, after your heart stops ticking, mm -hmm. but there's also, it's going to cause misery this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so the, these, these things are sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. How much quarreling causes us pain mm -hmm. this side of heaven? Mm -hmm. Uh, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. How many people's family lives are ruined because they're pursuing this giant career? Yeah. And the kids are orphans and the wives are, you know, the spouses are upset. 
and um, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so he's like, well, wait a second. I thought it wasn't behavior uh -huh. that gets you the king. I thought it was just belief. But what he's talking about here is somebody who either never really had belief mm -hmm. or they're kind of turning their back on belief. Mm -hmm. And I kind they're, of think they never had, we were talking about this, I kind yeah. of lean towards, I wonder if they ever really had it. Now, the, the important thing here is when he's talking about those behaviors, I was kind of getting a little deep on it, looking mm -hmm. at like the verb tense and what does it really mean? And, and this means I am repeatedly going yeah. and actually okay with it. Yeah. I'm not having a problem that I'm doing these things. Yeah. I'm, so it's I'm, not, guys, I'm telling you, we will fall into it. We will fall and we'll get drunk or we'll have a yeah. selfish, I mean, I have selfish ambitions almost every day, you know? Yeah. And so it's not that. Um, yeah, but it's that you, you willfully choose to do it and you start to rationalize it's okay as mm -hmm. opposed to having remorse and repentance. Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at those lists of behavior when we follow our sinful nature, now talk about what happens when we follow the Spirit. So then, but, but the Holy Spirit, so again, you got to understand how the Holy Spirit works. So, so um, when, when Christ died, he rose, and he was about to ascend to heaven, he says, hey, it's a good thing that I'm leaving. So instead of having just one of me, you're all going to get your own personal Jesus. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit into you. And so... So if you're a believer in Christ and you've chosen to, to trust that what he did is, is true and that his way of living is right, the Holy Spirit enters into you. When you start to obey and sort of cooperate with that part of yourself as opposed to the old one, what starts to happen is you start to experience love and joy and peace and patience, and goodness, and faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. What happens is the, the, the moral, sort of legalistic Christian will say, I've got to act lovingly. But the regenerated yeah. Christian, they start to become more loving. Yeah. It's, it's, it, there's a difference between trying to be kind and actually being kind. Mm -hmm. And what happens is over time, as you start to trust the Holy Spirit, you start to live and behave righteously as opposed to sinfully, all of a sudden you're like a different person. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a magical, tra supernatural transformation of who we are. And don't you think, I mean, um, if you think about Romans 12 too. Yeah. You know, we're changed from the inside out. So if we're focusing, I'm going to go act loving, like you were saying, you know, rather than, I become more loving because Romans 12 2 it says you know let God change the way you think then you'll know what to do or be transformed Formed by There's, the renewing okay. of your mind yeah and then you'll know what to do you'll be able to test and approve of God's will and what transforms us and changes our mind and our thoughts is the Holy Spirit right? exactly and so it's getting that it's, it's understanding this truth getting it into your mind and then you'll start to be transformed. Uh, you start to have this spirit in, in these fruits of the spirit. What's interesting is it's not like you become, if you look at that word transformed that Paul uses, mm -hmm. he uses the Greek word metamorphosis. So every third grader in the world knows metamorphosis, monarch butterfly. We had it in our class, you know, and it goes from a, it goes from a caterpillar to a butterfly. 
That's the degree of transformation that Paul chose. So what happens is you're not becoming a better you. Over time, cooperating in the Spirit, living differently, trusting Jesus, over time you don't become a better you, you become a different you. Mm -hmm. well, and that's back to Romans 6, 1. The old new and the new you. Yes. Talk, talk about that with baptism. Yeah, baptism is it's nothing really magical. It's more of a metaphorical, it's a public demonstration of I'm going to die to myself. I go the under the water. The old self dies mm -hmm. and gets cleansed. So you, you, you drown, plus you get washed up. Uh -huh. Then you pop up a new person. Yeah. And it's, it's a ritual that's a public display of I'm turning over a new leaf. Mm -hmm. And it's a powerful testimony to yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crucify my old self, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna try to cooperate with. I'm gonna do my part and let the Holy Spirit do their part. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know, my my performance isn't gonna be an indicator of whether I get into heaven or not, uh, unless I turn my back and start doing the other stuff in Galatians mm -hmm. 9, 5, 19 through twenty one. Yeah. And he just said the word, you know, I crucify myself. And um, I love this. This is, the, this is the last verse, or the last, maybe second to last verse in Galatians 5. It's verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Guys, we can do this. Like that desire and that passion for sin, we can crucify it on the cross. Now, I'm not saying we, again, we don't sin but that it's no longer a desirable thing. We may fall into it, but we, we don't really, it's not drawing us anymore. So think about what are some, some behaviors that you today want to nail to the cross? What is that passion? How can you trust God more? I mean, all this stuff, because this is truth. Like we can, we can be set free from the desire of sin. We can live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Don't you want those things in your mm -hmm. life? Don't you want that more than you want some other things that you spend time on? I don't yeah. you know? You know, Ken Blanchard, the other thing he says, I love him. He's like, it dawned on me, Christianity is like the best deal out there. You know, it's not just about heaven. Yeah. It's about heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. I get to live differently. I get to live with freedom and courage and I'm like a different person. I'm, I'm more tolerant, I'm less anxious. Mm -hmm. And so like Christianity is like good for now and it's good for when we die. We, how you choose to align your soul now sets the trajectory of your soul in the future. And so if you, if you choose evil, guess what? Your soul continues in evil and that's hell. But if you've chosen righteousness and trust in Christ, your, your, your soul is bonded to love. And that's what continues on after, yeah. after we die. Yeah. So guys, just to kind of summarize a little bit here, some of the, like we were saying, what do we really want them to walk away with? Mm -hmm. What do we want you guys to, to kind of hear? And one of them is, is that I have found, and I, you know, it's my story, okay? So maybe you don't agree with it, but it's my story. Because I've lived outside of having a relationship with Jesus. Both of us did for many, many years. But what I find is my life can be so much more free. Like, the, the, because the way that the world tells us to live 
it's stressful, it's pressure. You've got all these different voices, people telling you to live this way or live that way, you're not this and this. But I can just kind of go, this is the one place I'm gonna turn for the truth on how I should live. And to me, that's really freeing. I can be free from the worry about my eternity. I don't worry one bit, like there's a part of me that's like, I'm good, I can go, like it's yeah. okay, you know, I know where I'm going, I have such peace. Even when I've had a bad day, I know that I can turn to God at any moment and say, I'm sorry, Dad, I did it again. Can you, you know, just can you give me a hug? And well, he's yeah. right there doing that. And it's like, I, I, and I used to think this myself, quite frankly, it's like, man, live, trying to be a Christian, it's like so hard to live a Christian life. But then you think about it, you know, try living under the rule of what Wall Street tells you is important. Try, try living under the, 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 the rules of the game around materialism and consumerism. And you, think, you think following Christ is a burden compared to that? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, following Christ is easy yeah. than having to live under that burden. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it's just, it's, it's truly good news, you yeah. know? It's like, just try it. Yeah, he, you know, when you're talking about trying to follow the ways of the world and it's tiresome and it's hard, right? Yeah. Trying to live that way. And that's one of the scriptures that I just find just so comforting in my soul because, you know, Jesus, he knows that it's tough to live out in the world. And he just says, you know, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke. Let me walk alongside you. Put my yoke on, and it just becomes so much easier. Mm -hmm. And it really does. Yes, you can call me a hypocrite because I mess up all the time, but I know that I know that I know that he loves me. He's got me. I know my eternity, mm -hmm. and that's just what I want for you. And I hope that when you hear this, again, it stirs up in you this desire to know him more, and that when you know him more, you have this unbelievable desire to make him known to others. So that's a big point right there, is, yeah. to, is the fruit of the Spirit doesn't happen overnight. It's by continually attaching yourself to the vine, AKA, mm -hmm. you know, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You keep leaning into that, leaning into that. Over time, you're going to start to transform and just trust that. And, and, and you may get surprised with a quick miracle or a quick epiphany, but usually it's this fruit where it's freedom that comes out of that. Yeah. So don't give up. Like, keep exploring. Yeah. Stay in the Word. Pray. Mm -hmm. um, listen to good sermons. Get involved in a good church. Get in a Bible study. Yeah, and one last thing here, and we'll let you go, guys, is that one of the things that Jeff and I probably started a little over about a year and a half ago that we both really have become more and more passionate about is, I mean, it's the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all the nations, and training them and teaching them and baptizing them. And, and that's, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have the perfect life. I mean, if we allowed our lack of knowledge, our past sins, to limit us or to decide if we're worthy of doing this. Heck no, we would not be doing this, guys. So don't think before you can go out and sit with someone and have a cup of coffee and start talking about these things, don't think that you have to have it perfect and all figured out. You don't. Just start. Start sharing this with others. And I'm telling you, the more that you share it, the more that your heart will just be like 
oh, thank you, God. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for telling me this. Mm -hmm. And I, I want the whole world to know you. And, and you don't have to, when it comes to discipleship, you don't want in your own mind or in the person you want to help, put yourself in the position of being the professor. You want to be the fellow traveler. Mm -hmm. and, and tell that to the person. Say, listen, I got about 8% of this figured out. Yeah. But it seems to me like you've got seven. So maybe I can help you. Let's try to go figure it out together. And just look at it as a journey of, mm -hmm. of two people, not like the rabbi and the whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a group, like discipling, we think of a group like, oh, in order to have a group of disciples, I have to have a whole group. No, where two or more of you are gathered, he is with us, okay? Yes. So just know that if you're sitting with one, he's with you. If you, if you feel God calling you to lead a group, He's with you. Yep. Anything else? No, it's awesome. Hopefully it's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully it gets you excited. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I guess. And I'll look here real quick. And if you oh, did see have if some questions, yeah, yeah, some questions. Um, so yeah. I really like your sweater. <laughs> <laughs> We're just glad that our puppy decided to just leave us alone. Where All three he? dogs. I don't know. He's outside running around in the dark. All right, guys. Um, you can watch this later, people. I know you've joined in a little bit later on. And just, I'm, I'm seeing your names, you know, Paula and Kara and Vicki, Mike, I mean, all of you. Kim, we're just glad that you took the time to sit with us. So thanks for doing that. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, love you. Jennifer Wilshaw? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. And Marion, Dan Feely. Oh, my goodness. So Big fun. Dan. Kelly, all these fun people. Yvette, Laura. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for yeah. being here with us. And we hope to do this more often. All right? Yeah. Thanks. Adios. Right. You push off the... Um, Sure. Push the stop. All right. Yeah. See you guys.